Welcome to Crop Sense, presented by North Carolina Cooperative Extension. I am Jacob Morgan, a field crops agent with North Carolina Cooperative Extension. Today, we have Dr. Dominic Rizek, NC State Entomologist, to talk about Hessian fly in wheat. Good morning, Dr. Rizek. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, Jacob. All right, so I guess let's start off. Can you describe exactly what is a Hessian fly? A uh, Hessian fly is a small, kind of weak flying fly, really difficult to see without magnification, maybe the size of like a, a midge or mosquito, real tiny. Of course, the damaging stage of the insect isn't the fly, it's the larvae that feeds at the base of the wheat. And uh, yeah, so essentially that maggot is the, the problem part of the Hessian fly. So how do they get into wheat? I guess the main question is where do they come from? And kind of how to, at what point do they get into our wheat crop? Hessian fly, unlike a lot of insects that overwinters, actually oversummers. And it oversummers in the pupa form. Some folks call it a flaxseed because I guess it looks like a flax. So if you're a health nut, I guess you know what a flaxseed looks like. But it's a small little, small little fly pupa. And they have kind of a, a narrow host range. So mainly wheat, but triticale, barley, uh, rye, these are hosts for them that they kind of survive on during the summer. And then that little, once that little flax seed or that pupa emerges in the fall, they migrate into wheat that we planted and they'll lay an egg on the surface of that wheat. And that egg will hatch and that larvae will move down the leaf and establish a feeding site at the base. And then it just kind of cycles through wheat as we grow it throughout the winter. So how many cycles, life cycles or generations would typically be happening throughout a winter wheat crop? So the answer is it depends. And it's not, a, it's not a flippant answer because it depends on how warm the fall or winter is. And it also depends on when your wheat is planted. So the earlier your, your wheat is planted, the more generations are going to be able to cycle through that. But typically one to two generations in the fall. And then we might see another generation in the spring, but that can be very dependent on planting date and maybe even variety, how quickly the, they're cycling through there, and then how warm the fall or winter is. They're over-summering in wheat stubble or, or plant parts or in the soil yeah. or both? Yes, yes, both. Okay. both. Yeah, that's okay. right, yeah. Yeah, so what, you know, one of the control measures for Hessian fly traditionally in the past has been controlling volunteer wheat say like in double crop soybeans, seems like that's less of an issue now with the herbicides that we're using. I don't see a whole lot of volunteer wheat in double crop soybeans, but if you plant, you know, soybeans after wheat, there could conceivably be, be some in the stubble there if you had some stubble around. And then they do have other hosts as well. I've searched, you know, there are some hosts that are not great, but I've searched wild grass on the edge of wheat fields and found some eggs and things on there. So I imagine there's other hosts other than just wheat and double crop soybeans that serve as a reservoir as well for, for them over the summer as well. All right. So if we're going to scout for Hessian fly, when should we start? Yeah. So the most important time to control them is going to be in the fall. And really the best management efforts you can make for Hessian fly are upfront. So scouting aside, if you have a history of Hessian fly, if you're planning on the earlier side, it's really going to be important for you to choose a resistant variety. And then in cases where you don't have a resistant variety, you'll probably get a really good bang for your buck if Hessian fly is there from an insecticidal seed treatment. 
if you have those things in place or you don't have those things in place and you have you think you might have issues with hessian fly that's when scouting becomes important and so you can look for the eggs on the leaves it's very difficult to do they're super tiny like the point of a pin or something right you have to have really good eyesight to see them and then you have to be really careful about how you time that foliar spray to have a lot of effect so long answer to when should you be scouting them you should be scouting them as soon as that you're at the one to two leaf stage and you're going to be looking for eggs on the leaf and then you're going to have to make a decision whether or not you want to spray at, at that time so we talked about using resistant varieties using insecticidal seed treatments but if we're going to spray for them we're trying to kill the adults is that correct yes that's right yeah we're trying to kill the adults okay so what are the uh, control options as far as some insecticides that we can use to try and kill these adults we've seen good efficacy with the pyrethroid class insecticides so the active ingredient ends with the thrin but you know common trade names may be something like warrior two or mustang max or bifenthrin or something like that and really you're looking at about a weak residual and yeah again really trying to contact those adults they don't live very long anyway we're talking like one two maybe three days so you're looking at a kind of narrow time window and you want to time that spray i guess based on when you might expect to kill most of those adults and we think you can do that by looking at the presence of eggs on leaves so today is february 28th we just said the best time to scout for them is in the fall which means we've missed that that window so what does the damage look like if you were to be out there looking in a field what would hessian fly damage look like in wheat? You hear folks often describe their wheat going backwards. And the, to me, that's just a, a way of saying that it's not very green. And I had some tillers that were there and they're not there anymore because the, as the hessian fly feeds, it will kill those tillers. And so your stand starts spinning. It starts to look a little yellow, a little bit unhealthy. And then you'll go out there and you can dig up any tillers that are left or dead tillers and you'll find the pupa that are there. And so that's what we'll see this time of the year before those pupa emerge into adults. So if we go out looking at wheat, it doesn't look good. We thought it looked okay in the first part of January and now it's not looking as good anymore. We go out there, we're going to pull those leaves back and look between the, uh, the sheath around the, the grass stem and we're going to see those little pupa. What can we do at this point once we're at March 3rd and we find these pupa and the wheat's looking terrible? So there is some evidence for, I guess, what I'll call a spring rescue treatment where you could go out and target adults with that foliar spray. And we've done that. We've targeted the spray at the right time and knocked back eggs. And then mo I'll be honest, most of the time I don't have an impact in terms of yield. Uh, the, the timing of the spray in both the fall and the spring is just very difficult. We had a student a few years ago that sprayed uh, twice a month in the fall. So we're talking maybe five, six sprays on wheat. And we were able to knock back populations, but really not to the levels we were hoping. And so I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really high on recommending spring rescue treatments unless, you know, folks are already going across the the field for their shot of nitrogen. They have eggs there. They know they have a hessian fly infestation. It makes sense to take mix in an insecticide. I think the other situation is just when somebody just feels like they have to do something. And if you have to do something, 
your weed isn't yet joining, so you're not going to damage it. You know, I would say try and time your spray when you could see eggs on the leaves. That would be the best thing to do. But in terms of an impact on yield, it's really difficult to show a consistent result because the timing is difficult. And the reason the timing is difficult is because they have a extended period of emergence out of those pupa. So we're going to spray a pyrethroid, have at best seven days residual. And then after that, the Hessian flies are going to do what the Hessian flies are going to do. So what I'm hearing you say is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point in time in the wheat season, if we've got a Hessian fly problem, then we've got a Hessian fly problem. The yield has already been lost to that insect and coming back and spraying at this point is probably not really going to, going to make us any money or preserve yield. That's a good question. So the, so I'd say most of the damage from Hessian fly has already been done at this point. So like we, what happens in the fall is they've killed tillers that we need. So our wheat's not filled out as well as we need. Most of the spring infestation is actually going to cause lodging of the spikes. And you'll actually see sometimes where the Hessian flies will feed on joints of the, of the wheat as that stalk emerges and that, and that spike is up there. And so the, the lodging is more of the issue in the spring rather than direct tiller loss. So while most of the damage has already been done in the fall, we could experience some damage in the spring. And that's what we'd be trying to target with this spring rescue spray would be to prevent the lodging of those spikes. Okay. Thank you for that clarification. And if we're scouting for them, are they consistently throughout the field or should we scout field edges mainly? Or is there, I mean, I always talk about a zigzag pattern, but if we're, trying to make the best time of our scouting, where's kind of the first place you would look for them? Okay, I don't know that I've seen a study on like Hessian fly scouting. So this is gonna be a, a answer based on experience. So they're, they're pretty weak flyers and I would look towards a known source like near last year's double crop beans or you know if somebody had a cover crop or something that had one of those hosts in there like wheat, rye, triticale, but that's sort of the place I would look would be near a source or where you've had historical problems. That being said, even though they're weak flyers, there are situations where they have come from what I thought was a clear known source and spread across the field entirely. So I would say if you use those two principles, you're likely going to find them. All right. Is there anything else you think we need to know or we should discuss about Hessian flies today? The other thing I would mention would just be insecticide timing in relation to other things we may have to worry about in the spring. So if we're going to make a spray for Hessian fly, I would encourage folks to do it before the wheat was joining just so that it's, they're not running it over and, and potentially damaging yield in the future. But it's also a little bit too early to think that we've taken care of pests that we may have in the future. And I'm thinking about cereal leaf beetle in the odd year that we get on things like true army worm. The best timing for cereal leaf beetle is going to be a spray put on in April. And so what we spray now is not going to be there to take care of cereal leaf beetle in the spring. And the same is true for, for true army worm as well. So I would just encourage folks to, if they have Hessian fly, make that decision now, but then go in your fields in April and look for those other potential pests as well. All right. One last question. I forgot threshold. Is there a threshold for Hessian fly or if you see him spray? Uh, it's a seat of the pants threshold and it's 20% <laughs> infested tillers with eggs. Seriously. <laughs> it's sort of a, it's sort of a best guess. Uh, if folks see 20% of the tillers infested with eggs. Okay. So that's eggs, not, not pupa. At that point, the pupa have already 
done what they're going to do. Is that right? Yeah, because the larvae move fairly quickly from the egg on the leaf down to the to the base of the plant. Once they're at the base of the plant, they establish a feeding site and they're they're fairly immobile. And you can't really reach them with an insecticide. They're too protected. So those larvae and pupae, once they're there, are are there. We certainly appreciate you for your time today, Dr. Isaac. Thank you for having me. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to your local cooperative extension agent. They'll be happy to come out and help you. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. And as always, thank you for listening to Crop Sense, because if it isn't making money, it isn't making sense.